It is Wednesday. Another edition here of, Pod, of uh, the Weatherwise podcast here from the meteorologist at 47 ABC WMDT. I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich Wardzik. This week, meteorologist Ulysses Garcia is back. Um, I would say arguably your favorite weather holiday. Am I being sarcastic about that? We just got done with Groundhog Day. <laughs> I know that you feel, Ulysses, I know that you have strong feelings about Groundhog Day. Maybe we'll start with that. Well, yeah, I just, I just think... Uh, we'll ground- start, well, first, let's start with what... what Got to give Punkstani Phil his time here. What did he see? Like, what, you know, what was the, the end all here? What was it? Six more weeks of winter, right? Yeah, six more weeks of winter. He saw his, uh, his shadow. Right. Uh, you know, especially, you know, over there in Pennsylvania. Here on Delmarva, if you were on Thursday, uh, if we would have had an actual rodent here on Delmarva, we would have not seen a shadow. Well, I think we've made... got many of those. They were just hiding. Yeah, they were just yeah. hiding. So... <laughs> <laughs> we got but, lots of that here. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, so... Phil predicted, you know, six more weeks of winter, and he, you know, he saw his shadow. But I think at the end of the day, when it comes to the whole prediction about the groundhog, you know, we like to have fun with it as meteorologists because, you know, he's a rodent. He's trying to predict the last six weeks. But, you know, ironically, if you look at the calendar, six weeks is technically when spring ends anyways because that's when we go into the, you know, the vernal equinox. So in six weeks, it will be the vernal equinox. So in a way, this is kind of contradictory you can say well uh, i think it's over time people just want to like they want to be told especially in central pennsylvania we get in the mountains there they want to be told that winter is ending yeah they don't they don't want to hear that there's six more weeks left yeah. i think it would be more i think if we really had to we should just put these rodents to be working in november or october to predict the actual entire winter not just the last six weeks Dang, of you're it. putting a lot of a lot of I pressure mean, that, on these I think, kids. What, what is Punk's Tony Phil's success rate here? 30-something percent? 39 percent okay. um, overall in the history he's been, re- he's been doing it, and then only 40 percent in the last 10 years. Okay. Um, so you want him to actually get out there. You want this man to, to do the whole season here, not just the six weeks. Is that what you're saying? I, I think I think all uh, him and all his friends should be doing it for the whole winter, not, right. not just the last six weeks. Well, you know, we're opening ourselves up to more jokes about us as meteorologists here. I could just feel it. You know, we're talking about success rate of this rodent. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, I think the rodent. W- I mean, it makes <laughs> me wonder if the rodent will have a better success predicting the entire winter, or he'll have less than a thirty-nine percent success rate. But I feel like predicting the last six weeks. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, the vernal equinox takes place in six weeks. So what exactly is he really predicting at this point? You know, it's like, all right, you know, like. Well, I, I, I see what you're saying. So UG's feelings <laughs> on Punxsutawney Phil, you hear to hear first. So, <laughs> yeah, I just, it's, you know, at the end of the day, six weeks from now, we are going to be in spring. Regardless. Well, they have other ones, too. I know you made a graphic and I used it on the news hour. You did it in the latest blog. You want to check it out, by the way, WMDT.com. You can see. Ulysses' latest blog about Groundhog Day and what we're looking at as meteorologists uh, versus Punxsutawney Phil for the rest of winter here. But you had a graphic you showed that there were other rodents that do some predicting. They're kind of like in the minor leagues of uh, groundhogs. Right? Yeah, they're all his uh, his cousins. You know, they are, they're more a, a regional base. Obviously, Grant, uh, you know, Phil is obviously the granddaddy of them all. But they, you know, all of them, and they even they all vary. They don't all agree with Phil. So that's the thing. You know, so. It's like I said a second ago, on Thursday for us here on Delmarva, we were dealing with cloudy skies. So if we would have had, if Delmarva had its own uh, groundhog here, we would say early spring. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and Pennsylvania is not too far away, but they were dealing with some sunshine. So that's why his shadow was seen. So um, you got to make people happy. It, they just want to, you know, people want to hear that this, the, the, the cold's going to go away. Now, that's not true for everybody. And Sloan 
Haynes and I talked about this on a couple podcasts before. The lack of winter means the lack of skiing. She was trying to ski on her honeymoon. I've heard from people who have tried to go skiing here just regionally in Pennsylvania, haven't been able to do it because the snow is just, I mean, they've been able to make snow at night on certain occasions, but the snowpack's not there, depending on the type of uh, uh, ski resort you're going to and what they, how many slopes they have. And some of these places are 25% open, something like that. You know, it's not a lot here for the, for the winter so far. No, yeah, it's just been, uh, we just have had a lot of, We've had, you know, some of these Arctic blasts, but the thing is the moisture is disappears the moment that Arctic blast arrives. So it's just been a lot of bad timing, but just the fact that we've dealt with a lot more milder air this winter than we did last winter. So well, you, you bring up a good point about losing that moisture by the time the Arctic air gets here. Sometimes it's really all about luck. Yeah. Um, and in some cases, uh, this is a good example. The Arctic front we were tracking it the night before it came through here in Delmarva. And this is up back last week. Um, you could see the snow lining up along the front. It was grabbing a lot of moisture from the Great Lakes at that point to help out uh, developing snow showers along it. But by the time the front did get here, our air was already so dry. We saw a few brief, brief snow showers with the front, kind of a um, just a little blast there of snow when it came through and when temperatures were still well above freezing. But by the time the front made its way through, dew points were dropping down in the single digits, even when we weren't talking about any moisture at that point. So um, that's, you know, the typical issue if one would expect to get snow, this part of the country, Delmarva, Mid-Atlantic, it typically, the big snowstorms come from coastal storms, nor'easters, areas of low pressure to our south, well to our south, that bring in enough Gulf moisture to give us the snow. But that's after we've had basically a, a cold air mass in place to support it. And we just haven't had all of that line up yet so far this winter. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, Rich is saying, it's just a lot of it, just the timing of it, and it just hasn't favored out we haven't had a lot of coastal storms I don't, I don't think we really have had because i think the fact that um, we haven't had a lot of coastal flooding you know a lot of the, i mean unless we've had a lot of blustery breezy days but we just haven't had a lot of low pressures just hovering just off our coast um, throughout the last few months to have that set up for us to bring um, some snow i mean i know we're getting deeper into february so i know eventually we're gonna have to start waving that red that white flag of defeat eventually but i mean we're we're we're, we're trying to be optimistic here because i know in salisbury we still only have a trace of snow luckily some of our northern areas of delmarva got some first measurable snowfall last week so uh good news you know they were able to finally you know break it but for us here in salisbury we're still waiting for that first measurable snowfall but hopefully and, and you were talking about first measurable I mean, it was barely the the uh, the numbers coming out of Sussex County, Delaware, which is where we saw most of the snow, uh, as expected. It was north of Salisbury where we expected anything to stick. Um, the, you know, they're coming in with half inch, quarter inch snowfall like yeah. measurements here, just barely enough to register as a measurable snow. And in Salisbury and South, we had some flurries. We had some snow showers, some grapple, those uh, slightly melted snowflakes that turn into little you know, snowballs when they fall. Like, we had stuff like that in Salisbury. It just didn't stick to the ground. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I know we're, we're getting a little a little worried. I know people have been asking a lot lately, where's the snow, where's the snow? And it's like, hey, we're trying too, you know? We, I mean, we want some snow here. So, I mean, uh, we're trying our best. But, you know, and we're trying to stay optimistic that we get something before the season is officially over. But mm -hmm. I know, like, I know that candle's starting to burn out, unfortunately. Well, so. one thing I think that, we could see here, which I'm, I'm thinking is a possibility just by the nature of where we are, the coastal storms, as you get closer to spring, we're going to have more active weather. I mean, we typically see some problems with coastal storms in spring when we have those like cloudy, windy 
days in the 50s where we're stuck in that marine pattern. It's usually with a storm off the coast that's kind of hanging out. So we get something like that late February into March, even early April. There is a potential for us to see a little bit of snow with a setup like that, if it's cold enough, of course. Um, I think that if we get our measurable snows of the season, it's probably going to come from that, I I would think. Late season, you know, we're uh, ticking down the last days of winter. Um, Even that last week of March, it's very possible. That, that that's how we see our snow this winter. Yeah, I mean that we, you know, I We're hope technically I hope early it, spring. <laughs> I hope that happens. You know, hopefully, yeah. By that point, we'll be dealing with. Both well, I know the kids, the kids and the uh, teachers want that because I've gone to a couple of school visits, and the first thing that they ask me, when are we getting the snow days? We like the delays, but we want a day off of school. So we'll see. Got to wait and see on that. So what else uh, do we have to talk about here from this past week? So we had the, we had the uh, Arctic blast. We had Groundhog Day. Then we went into the weekend and talk about a reversal. And I was actually in Wheeling, West Virginia over the weekend. For those of you, uh, you take a look at this on the map here. This is the very far northern part of West Virginia, close to it. It sits in between Pittsburgh and eastern Ohio, essentially, that little neck of West Virginia that pops up there on the map. Um, and going through there, it was the same idea. We got there on a Saturday, and it was just nasty. It was brutal. And um, as far as the air was concerned, we had, they had actual air temperatures a lot colder than we did here in Delmarva, below zero, wind chill values. It was nasty. But by Sunday, the reversal was already felt up there at the southwest flow. And I know here we had the same thing. The entire mid-Atlantic eastern seaboard, essentially, south of New England, seeing that turnaround with temperatures. Yeah, I mean, I know I was here Saturday and the fact that, you know, temperatures here, we barely hit freezing on Saturday and then Sunday um, you know, I posted on social media and even showed it. Um, even during the evening hours, we were still a good 20 degrees uh, warmer than we were on Saturday. So just that big turnaround from, you know, where we were Friday night, Saturday, all the way to where we even were Sunday, Sunday night is, uh, you know, it, it, it's mind-blowing. But, you know, we were definitely forecasting that. And it definitely felt nice um, walking out on Sunday for sure by, by a million dollars just compared to what it was on Saturday. I mean. Well, I'll, I'll say this, too. Um, it with that massive temperature change, typically, at least in the mountains, even after an Arctic blast and we start to warm up at the lower elevations, they're able to hold on to that cold air a little longer. Um, And one thing I noticed from my travels that was interesting is that much like a lot of the the blasts of cold air so far this season, they have not held on to that cold air. And I say this for those of you who are familiar traveling, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, this is a really nice drive to take, but Interstate 68, Western Maryland going into West Virginia, you know, heading west on um, Interstate 68, you go up through some mountain peaks. And there's one particular area that you can hop off the interstate and go up through, and it's called Kaiser's Ridge. When you hop on Route 40, and that takes you into Southwest PA if you want to actually get off the interstate. And that area, typically this time of the year, still has snow. When you get up to that elevation, you get for a little period of time there where you see the ground completely take on snow for a little bit, and they have a snowpack that sits there. They didn't have any of that. You saw some traces of snow, but the ground was bare in this area that early February um, typically has a lot of snow from just previous snows that have not melted. So I thought that was really telling, going up into a a part of the, the Appalachian Mountains that we would expect to be locked in to some type of snowpack and really show that, you know, we're in the middle of winter. Did not have that traveling through there, so I thought that was very telling. No, yeah, and I think even, um, and like you said, the fact that, you know, the high elevations, they have snow, and even, and as we also know, that if um, if these areas even had that snow, or the snowpack on the ground, the 
the cold air would have lasted even a little bit extra longer yeah. just because of the fact that you have the albedo effect. So that's just the, the reflection, um, you know, the, when the sun's rays, it actually reflects a lot more, which means that the ground does not absorb that heat from the sun. So that means that it actually tends to stay around a longer, especially if it's a fresh new snowpack. So the fact that there isn't a lot of new snowpack um, means that it's warming up a bit quicker, even though still at a slower pace in the mountains than it is, say, And I like that you brought that up, too, with the snowpack. It, it, uh, the cold begets cold at night with a fresh snowpack. You have clear skies. You have the radiational cooling, which is uh, accelerated. So you had the albedo effect during the day where that the sunlight's reflected back off the ground because of the snow. But then at night, the freezer effect, I like to call it, you have all of that snow. It's like being in a deep freeze. It just makes it that much colder at night. It modifies, as we say, the air mass over top of it. So the next day it's colder than it would have been if there was no snow on the ground. And it, you know, perpetuates itself essentially and keeps it colder. And they're not seeing that. So... Very interesting uh, take regionally on what's happening here so far this winter. But, you know, um, what did Phil say? Six more weeks of winter? Yeah, six, right? six more weeks. So, I mean, we, I mean, have, we have nothing against the guy. I mean, yeah, we, we just got, we we got we, to give we, him a shot here, though. We just got to give him a shot, you know? <laughs> I mean, we just like to have fun. You know, I think this at the end of the day, we have fun with this holiday. And I think in a way, kind of, it almost makes you wonder why the, the holiday right next to it is National Weather Person's Day. So That's it, right. It feels it was like just this past weekend was Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was on Sunday. And the reason we, we celebrate this holiday is because of John Jeffries. He was born in 1744. He's a considered one of America's first weather observers and also considered America's first um, weatherman. So, and the reason it's celebrated on that day is because of his birth, but it's also a day where we pay respects to, you know, all meteorologists and all, you know, in all sectors, um, you know, for their forecasts and their services. And that also includes, you know, us, our 47 ABC storm team. So it's, it's our holiday, you can say. You know? That's right. I mean, it's nice to have a little holiday. I, I, you got to give kudos to that man. You know, if he came back and walked the earth this day, you know how angry he'd be seeing all the advances? Because I would think he'd be, he'd be excited, but at the same time, he'd be like, man, if I only had a radar back in the day to be able to tell people when the weather was coming, people would believe me more because I know he took a lot of flack. Being in that position as a meteorologist back then, um, it's tough being one now, you know, people have expectations and it's understandable, you know, we want to get these things right and they want to know what's going on with the weather. But back then didn't have any of this technology to track the weather. So he was working with, uh, he was working with, you know, small bits of data with what he was seeing in the sky and maybe some measurements and that's about it. No, yeah. I mean, obviously the technology back then was still not advanced, you know, but I mean, obviously this was during the, the great enlightenment. So, you know, little by little, we were starting to get Somewhat more advanced, but still not advanced. But definitely, you know, he uh, he definitely paved the way for where we are um, up now, for sure. So, you know, February 5th every year. That's why on Twitter you can see how everybody's always excited about this day on the calendar. That's right. That's right. So uh, keeping that in mind, we're, you know, we're going to keep looking at that forecast. We talked about it six more weeks of winter, literally, on the calendar. But, of course, we can get snow here in this part of the country well into March and early April. So we got a long ways to go, and we're going to keep an eye on that, obviously. And every week on the podcast, we'll have some more data to take a look at. Yeah. So this time next week, we could be looking at uh, a little further into February, what we expect with the temperature situation and the potential for any snow. So lots to get to as we get uh, further and further into winter and closer and closer to the start of spring, which I know a lot of people are excited about that, too. So, oh, well, I think that'll wrap it up for this week. We've uh, got a lot in the can here for this uh, edition of WeatherWise. Thanks for downloading, streaming, listening, and uh, we hope to hear from you or see you again next Wednesday here for another edition of WeatherWise, the podcast from the meteorologist at 4780C, WMDC.